Hello and welcome to another episode of the Almond View podcast with myself, the other guy that isn't the stadium announcer and talks about it every 10 minutes, Jake Pointer, and my lovely two cuddly felines, Owen Innes and Stephen Povey. Hello there. This week we will discuss the squirrel munching at the Tony Mac on Saturday where we saw a comfortable 1-0 victory against Kilmarnock. We will then quickly touch on Livingston's reserve game against Dunfermline that finished this afternoon. And then next up we have another great performance from the Livingston women's team over Hutchie Vale which finished in a 3-1 home win for the Lionesses. And lastly, you know, International Week is coming up. So we want to try something new. So our new feature is called International Love. And Povey's going to sing the theme tune later on. <laughs> so let's not dilly-dally. Why don't we sling on our amber speedos, climb right up to the 10-metre victory board and quadruple pipe jump straight into your ear holes for however many minutes. With us here at the Almond View Podcast. On Saturday, we saw Livingston win a comfortable, I would say comfortable, 1-0 victory against Kilmarnock with a goal from our talisman, Christian Montano. Now, boys, I would say a really great performance, I think, overall from the Lions, albeit 1-0, and I would say fairly comfortable. Depends if you would uh, can agree on that. Um, first thing, Povey, which I, I don't know, for me, it wasn't is not very positive, on a positive note to start on. First 20 minutes or so, our deliveries, like we, it's like we could barely even reach the first man. Was that kind of giving you fear for the rest of the game, or? Yeah, uh, I've only seen us have poor delivery like to that level in one other game that I can think of. That was Motherwell. Uh, Motherwell away, it felt like we couldn't string any passes together. I would say, yeah. <sighs> Although the delivery wasn't great, I wasn't worried. Um, it, it was certainly a good starting lineup, and I, I had full faith in in who was on the on the park. Uh, sometimes it just takes a while to get right into it. It didn't it, it didn't worry me, uh, but it was certainly noticeable. Some of the like low hard. I'm not even sure they were intended to be low and hard. They weren't even that hard. Some of the crosses couldn't they get past the first man. Uh, not really good enough but at the end of the day we were getting into really good positions and um, it's it's not a worry as I say and, and we certainly found uh, we, we found our way eventually you know and some of the passing some of the movement was excellent I mean beyond what I reckon was it even 20 minutes to be honest like it didn't take us that long to get that first goal and and uh, yeah, maybe initially I agree with you, but nothing to dwell on, I don't think. That Motherwell game, that uh, away game, was like the whole game was like that, just nothing going our way. Couldn't string a pass together, whereas we could string a pass together very well. There was some great movement in that game. Yep, no, I totally agree. Um, Owen, another great performance uh, from Montano and another goal. Do you think he's going to be our Almond View Player of the Year? Oh. Interesting question. Um, can I just start off as well by saying that's another fucking set piece. So Liam's going to be happy 
um, with uh, with with my summation <laughs> of our uh, set pieces in the past. So, uh, no, it is brilliant to see us scoring from more set pieces, and uh, and I take back everything I said at the start of the season. Um, will he end up being our player of the year? Um, I mean, he could certainly be our player of the half season. Um, and like certainly, if there was a new category, most improved player. Um, did we have one of them in the Rubios last year? Did Sean Kelly not win an award last year? No, because <laughs> he would have. Yeah, I but, don't know. Do we have a most you know, if oh, not, we need another reason. Another reason to listen back to our episode, the Rubios. Exactly. Uh, Please go back and listen to Rubios 2020 <laughs> and 2021. Um, so, I mean, definitely so far, he's our most improved player and he's probably been one of our best players uh, this season. But, um, again, credit's got to go to Sean Kelly for the delivery um, as well. Um, even the even the lead-up to getting the corner as well, um, because I mean that was a really really good chance before we actually got the corner as well. So, but I would I think you've got to say um, Montano, yeah. I mean he's definitely got to be in for a shout, and I mean that's three games that he's scored in, and we've won every single one of them three. Uh, sorry, we've won every single one of them one nil, um, which ain't bad, which ain't bad, um. Bit disappointed he's keeping Penners out the team though, personally. You know, our wee boy Penners. Mm. Um but I think Penners is still kinda of coming back with injury and I think he he played um sort of through the through the midfield uh in a couple of games uh when he's come on or uh when he started a few weeks ago. So fingers crossed we've got a way to shoehorn Penners into the side because he was by far one of our best players last season, so but yeah, I would probably agree and say he's definitely going to be in for a shout for Player of the Year this year. Yeah, no, I definitely, definitely agree. Especially being a switch of position and then kind of moving back into centre back as well. But we're all going to talk about that um, a wee bit later on. Um, so, Povey, going to go back to you. I would say it was this could definitely be up for debate, but Shamal's most. I, I, say best performance but I would say maybe more most confident performance seems like he was coming for a lot more demanded the uh, commanded the defense a little bit more what was your thoughts on uh, on his performance because we did kind of start to doubt him a little bit after Aberdeen um I yeah, genuinely thought we were going to be debating about was the special pie the pie of the season so far I thought I was going to be the debate I was oh we will that that will that will be it. Let's leave that until after because that is needs to that is that needs to be talked about. Definitely right. needs to discuss. Good. I'm glad you're going to bring that up. Uh, in terms of the Shamal question, <laughs> uh, which obviously was disappointed <laughs> that was the question when I was expecting a pie question. Uh, that, uh, <laughs> honestly, I just that I, I wouldn't say it was his best performance because. He didn't have much to do. I thought Kilmarnock were looking the poorest team I've seen this season, and I, the only the, I, to be honest, I've seen I, I've I saw Dundee United at home. I never saw them away, but apart from that, I think I've seen, seen uh, been every game, and they were by far the poorest team I've seen. Uh, nothing to nothing to 
threaten our defence or Shamal with, I, I felt, I don't really know what their game plan was going forward, to be honest. Whatever it was, we kind of had it under control. Well, I only remember one save in the first half. It was quite a weird one, like his hands like yeah, almost it. like went Mr. Tickle mode and crossed over and he, I don't really know how he, uh, how he got it, but um, that's <laughs> the only save I remember happening. But in terms of what 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 he offered on Saturday was a, a calmness in defence, and I think that's quite evident. Uh, and I mean, Davy touched on it last week when he was talking about signings that he'd made this season, and he was talking about um, uh, like he was talking to us about how the, the compared to previous goalies. Without saying it, we knew. He was talking about bloody Max, didn't he? Uh, he, he, off, he, he offered, uh, mm-hmm. he was saying that Shamal offers that sort of calmness and, and a wee bit, uh, I don't know, just a wee bit organisation in the defence. And that is massively important. But was it his best performance? Probably not for me. It certainly wasn't bloody Aberdeen right enough. Uh, but uh, Maybe he's most confident. Confident performance. I, I would, like, I, I would argue like uh, the the Hibs game. No, sorry, the Hearts game when he got a clean sheet uh, against Hearts. I'd say that was probably his best, and that was when I really noticed. Oh well, that's been a couple of clean clean sheets now. Mm-hmm. He's all right. Uh, ugh, we never doubted him, did I? Did we? A lot of pressure on him. Like we paid a lot. We paid not a lot, but oh, we played. We paid money for him. So there's a lot of pressure on him, I feel, and I think mm. he's handling it well. No, totally agree. So we quickly touched on Sean Kelly before Owen, but let's just talk about him in more detail now. So another sound performance uh, alongside Obi at centre-back. Fitz Def has probably got a fight for his place, or do you think Elise has to wait until a mistake before he starts again? Or A difficult one to, to make up. Um... I'd be I'd be even quite happy if we ended up playing Sean Kelly as goalkeeper or something like that. Because no matter where we've ended up playing him, he's been <laughs> fucking brilliant. So I mean, you know, we could literally play him anywhere and I think I'd actually be quite happy with him playing. So um But yeah, I mean we we've got that you know, it's it's not a surprise that, you know, when we start playing the, the, the standard three, Pittman, Omionga and Holt in the middle that we seem to get like, you know, a decent result. Um and that's got nothing to say anything about Kelly because I I think I've been one of Kelly's biggest fans this season, certainly. Um so I don't want to see him dropped and I certainly don't want to see him dropped undeservedly. Um Fitzy, yeah, I think he's just gonna have to sit and wait. Um you know, wait for Obi to make a mistake or for Kelly to make a mistake. Um, but, you know, it comes as no surprise that, you know, in the kind of team of the week things that have come up uh, on, certainly when I've I've had a look on Facebook, um, you know, with the, don't know, like the, the fantasy football uh, team of the weeks and stuff, that either Obi or Sean Kelly's in it. So... You know, like Kelly's mm. kind of gone under the radar a little bit from you know a lot of the, um, you know, analysis and stuff from like sports scene. But Kelly's Kelly's come on to a game. We need him on the park. His deliveries have been brilliant. So, um, so if the only player that we're thinking of 
taken out of the team to replace him back with Fitzwater is Kelly, then that's going to be quite a tough and quite a stupid decision to take Kelly out the side. Um, <clears throat> so at the moment, it seems as though it's got to be Obi who's got to be dropped, and he's been different gravy once again this season. Every game, he just he seems to be kind of getting better and better and better. Um, I hope that doesn't jinx the doesn't jinx the man, but uh, he has been just getting slowly better um, every <laughs> game for us this season. So, and long may that continue. So, I, th- I reckon that Fitzy's just going to have to sit on the bench and 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 wait for his opportunity, uh, unless we kind of decide to go maybe three yeah. at the back. But um, I mean, I think the next time we'll see him is against Celtic in a rearranged game against Celtic, unless Obi or Sean Kelly get injured. I don't think we'll see Fitzwater until we play Celtic, and we'll and we'll play uh, we'll play a back five. Jack sits sits on the bench. I think, what I think what? That's that's rubbish. <laughs> that is getting fucking cut out, man. That's fucking shit. Is that is that getting stayed, sits, is that sits, in or? Hmm. Sits on the bench. Sits no, on the bench I'm drinking water. No. Enough. No. Um. Just was going to say that, yeah, I think I totally agree. I think a big mistake has to happen purely because of the delivery that he brings and that kind of whole element that he has as well, that kind of calmness on the ball. Um, but I think you're spot on. I don't think we're going to see him until until that Celtic. I think he'll stick. You know what he's like? He will just stick, <laughs> stick to his guns. And end of the day, if it's not broke, don't fucking fix it. So now let's move on to the other end of the pitch. Uh, Guthrie uh, came off with quite a sore one. Povey kind of <laughs> he kind of stayed on for ages, like proper hobbling. I don't know. Did you see from your end what was kind of happening? It was kind of it was, I can't tell if he was going, please take me off, or but Martindale was like, no, you're staying on. I couldn't work it out. Did you? Uh, well, it was quite a weird moment. It was sort of like it was sort of because like, obviously you saw Anderson. And uh, Isma warming up, and it was like he was just Martin Dale was just ignoring him, but also like it was so weird. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't know whether it was like I don't know because it looked like a like legit injury. I don't know what's going on there. Um, I mean, let's just start a rumor and so, say that David Martin Dale wants to toughen him up, and uh, Guthrie's like. Being a bit, oh, oh, that's me injured again, and he's like, ah, fucking get on with it. Like that's what I think. Yeah, there you are. Start that rumor. Good rumor. Good rumor. So, like you said, he had um, Gonzalez and Anderson both warming up. I think we can all agree who we wanted mm-hmm. to come on. Um, he did pick Esma. Uh, by the way, I saw that. It's funny. That's that's on the chat. Yeah, his face, like. Uh, definitely fucking raging, which understandably so wants to go on. We all wanted him there, but not to be not to be too negative on Gonzalez, but what do we think of what do we think of his performance? I thought he was a bit still a beat off it. I still don't think he's fit enough um, yet. And definitely and also see his chance, right? I'm no I'm no striker, but Surely you slide for that fucker, eh? Was it, if it was on grass, you think he would have slid, uh, slid for it? That's tough to say. Probably not. I just think he was... He, I think his fitness isn't up to it, and I don't think he's as fast as maybe 
I don't know how fast he used to be, but he's he's not shown much signs of speed so far. I do think a goal will come, but if I'm totally honest, if Anderson's fit, we're, we need to play Anderson uh, against St Mirren in a couple of weeks. Uh, whether that's like off the bench or not, I, I don't know. But like, Ismud certainly had chances. I do think there there's a there's there's goal a goals in them, probably, but that was a pretty good opportunity once again. Um, I'm, I don't know. Hmm. It's it's a weird one. Like I'm not going to go full on because like a lot of people are really slagging them. I'm still not there because I think well if he's no fit, you can only try as much as he's trying. Uh, is he up to? It? I think there's definitely someone there who can hit hit a decent shot. Uh, but he's certain yeah yeah I, well I've no idea what the goal was like I've no idea but uh, yeah it's it's a tricky one I'm I'm not against seeing him get subbed on I wouldn't be too confident if I saw him start against St Mirren I'd, I'd be a bit disappointed I really don't know the Guthrie situation like genuinely has anyone heard if he's injured uh because right now I, I I thought he played an amazing yeah, game was, uh, once again, and he's he's you know arguably the starter even if Anderson is fit for for now. I don't know what have you heard. I, I've not heard anything. I just saw normally if you're fucked, you don't come back onto the pitch like in big trouble. He was he was in the dugout like he never went away to get treatment he was still sore but he didn't he wasn't away instantly like so that doesn't make me think he's in big trouble oh and i don't know if you've heard anything no i haven't heard anything about uh, about Guthrie no um no was trying to find out but uh, i mean i i was going to make a i was going to make a point that you know isma has scored today in the reserve game um, so perhaps that was the confidence that he needed. I mean, but then, then the thing was, is we got scudded two one. So, I mean, when you see the side that we put out in that reserve game the day, we should never have been beaten. Like, I'm not sorry, that's that's the wrong thing to say because as uh, as Martin Dale said during the week there, or at the end of the game, you know, we have no divine right to turn up and beat anyone. But you know, you're playing. At home, and you've got near enough, like, most of our first-team players from last season playing, and we get beat 2-1 off a of Dunfermline reserves is a bit grim. But, um, no, I think, I think with, the, with the Isma chance on Saturday, at full speed, it looks unlucky. Um, and, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, Jake, he should be sliding for that. You know, as a as an instinctive striker, you should be sliding in to try and poke that into the back of the net. But to be honest, it looks like he gives up, like from the from like the second replay. Like, see, so passes it out to Pittman. Pittman puts an absolute fucking flasher of a ball. Like that is a striker's ball. You know, like any striker in their right mind is like fucking. That is the you know that's a ball into the into the box, and uh, it genuinely looks as though. Isma just loses interest in trying to get to the ball as opposed to do you know what I mean? Like as as opposed to not going for it. Like it's almost as though he doesn't go for it on purpose. Um which is but I mean, and I'm not saying that that's the case. But it just uh, it's a little bit suspect. 
to miss that kind of opportunity. Um, I noticed that we haven't talked about Pittman's opportunity yet. I mean, Pittman's opportunity as well. I mean, that's it's it's quite a similar thing, you know. It's get got to the byline and then it's been cut back, and Pittman's just. I mean, that that's the type of chance that Pittman normally buries. But he's just, I don't know, he's, I think it's just caught him slightly on the turn or something like that, and he's just dragged it wide. And, um, you know, from uh, from all the little bits that I kind of look through before we do these episodes, you know, I look on, like, Pie and Bovril and stuff. So on Pie and Bovril, I mean, that was never, you know, even Kilmarnock fans agree that was never a 1-0 game. That was a 3-4-5-0 game to Livy. Well, genuinely from me, like, I don't want to be a negative Nelly, obviously, because I'm positive, Bobby. But I, Omi Onga was playing more like in the Pittman role, certainly in the first half, uh, getting in incredible positions. But, like, I'm sorry, Stefan is, like, he can't score, man. I don't know what's going on. Getting himself in such good positions and apps. I swear down, every time he gets in a position where you're like, hit it. You're like you're like Denny Pollard, like because he's blends it over and all that. It's a genuine worry if if we were sitting up like when I when I look at the past so many seasons, even our first season in the um in the pre, like Premier League when we finished ninth, incredible obviously at the time. But see when I look back at like some of the re- results then. There's a reason we were sitting so far down. That was because we couldn't uh, we couldn't turn a draw into a win. Now we've got better at it. We've obviously we started this season win four, losing three, um, so no draws. So obviously that's a, a positive. But if we're in a position where we're good, I, f- I just worry that we're going to let ourselves down by not taking chances, and it's not really been like, touched on by anyone, like, you know, David Martindale was saying in post, his post-match interview, like, 1-0, something good about a 1-0, like, you know, and I get I get what he's saying, but, like, for me, I, I'm I'm a wee bit concerned that Omionga can't finish, which is, yeah, there's that argument, would he actually still be with us if he, if he could finish? I get all that, because it's not actually an important part of his game. But, there's too many chances, and Pittman, as as you're saying, Owen Pittman's just lost a wee bit of that. Should have been a goal, and in, in in previous seasons, you know, he needs uh, a can goal. I, can I just soon. say though, Povey, I'm not saying that that Pittman's lost anything, but by no fucking means, I wasn't. I wasn't uh, trying to say that Pittman's lost anything. No, no, no. It was just no, like, no. It's like that is normally the type of chance that Pittman uh, that's, would be. With that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm hoping that doesn't turn into a thing. See, I reckon there's been a few opportunities missed by Pittman in previous games that have gone unnoticed, to be honest. As in, he's getting himself in the right position, but not just, maybe just not getting a, a finish to it or whatever. Um, and it's kind of, that's gone a bit unnoticed. And I wonder if Omionga has been almost swapped with Pittman a wee bit. He certainly w- was more attacking in that game against Kilmarnock there, Omionga. And he got in amazing positions, but uh, it's just he can't finish. So I don't know, like, if Pittman can start finishing, uh, then I'm happy for him to get back in that position. It's just, I might be being well harsh there, by the way, but it's just... Nah, 
Someone I've noticed. The guy, the, the fucking lob wedges that he comes out with, and it's the same every time. It's like over the bar. It's not. It's there's not like it's never t- like wide. It's always well over the bar every time. It's like he just go cuts under it every single time. Uh. And not being a pure dick, but you're a talented professional football player. At least fucking work the keeper a wee bit. Things though, if it, if that was happened a couple of times this season. You know, we're kind of letting it go and we're touching the straws, but it seems like every game he gets one absolute balloon over the bar and it's getting a bit annoying. <laughs> well, but I mean, just, that, oh, just to put this in, because I don't think we've brought this statistic up on the podcast. I know we brought it up in our group chat and it's just in case Livingston fans do not know this. So just for you, here it is. Stefan Omionga has only scored one professional goal his entire career, and it was in a cup game for Hibs. It was a fucking raker, but he's only scored one genuine goal for any professional team that he's played for. He's only ever actually scored one goal. So we should not be expecting goals of Stefano Mionga. It's kind of like Jason Holt. Jason Holt doesn't score goals but we don't blame him because he well genuinely though I suppose in a way uh, Holt always tries to get the ball into a better position as opposed to shooting himself um, or tries to put the ball into a better position whereas Omionga I think and to be fair his chance on Saturday was it was on his weaker left foot you could see him it it takes ages to steady himself because he's looked around himself and there's nowhere else for that ball to go but towards goal. Like, he's he's got to take that shot. And yeah, fair enough, it goes over the bar. Um, but he didn't really have any other options anywhere near him. There was no one out the out the wide on the side of him. There was no one behind him. There was no one at the side of him. So he just had to take that chance. So, you know, but Maybe. yeah. If he's not practising on his shooting, if we've got Joel Nubley who couldn't fucking hit a barn door with a banjo when he came back to us last season... Like, if we can get him to at least, you know, grab a couple of goals, we should be practising shooting with a wee man as well. Mm-hmm. Surely. I think, I think, it, it was, that was obviously the main chance. There, there were a couple of ch- other chances that he had, you know, where he always seems to, like, get himself in a good position where he can hit one from outside the box. But you're never confident. Um, but, yeah, I absolutely agree. If, if he can work on that, it would just be... Like if he can take a decent shot, it'd be unbelievable. Uh, I just it's, it's a worry for me that we're playing him in a position where he um he, where he, he can take a shot if that's what's going to happen. Just put him all the way back to like like in the whole position again. I think, but yeah. whatever. And it, and he played so well at that position on and on, on Kelly. He intercepted so many balls who's a fucking absolute nuisance for their for their midfield so that's the thing you just forgive him instantly because that's just what he's just so good at um brilliant okay i'm kind of just going to put a quick one just to both of you that top three that started for me i think is just the strongest we can play i looked it was brilliant all three of them big strong fast boys great would you say that's would you agree? Would you would you say that's probably going to be our starting three for the next next wee while, if foreseeable? Um, I certainly have started to like the look of uh, Baham Bula or Moyo, whatever whatever name he wants to go under. Um, 
because uh, I mean he did that defend our boy like um, for that chance late on. Uh, I think that was the Pittman chance, wasn't it? Actually, um, like the the yeah. Kelly defender falls over and he just robs the ball and just fucking yeah. So I'm liking Luca Bahambula. Um, I mean Nubli. Dare I say Nubli's kind of gone off the boil a little bit in terms of he's not really getting involved in the games as much. Um, I mean, he's still, he'll still be doing his things, and I'm I'm putting my hands up as well. I should have said this right at the beginning. I wasn't at the game. I haven't been at a game for a while, so um, so obviously I'm not seeing the full uh, the full kind of highlights of stuff. So, um, but it's just people are talking less about Nubli's involvement, is what I mean. Um, but yeah, I think Guthrie, Guthrie, when fully fit, he's gonna be a handful. We know how much of a handful Nubli is, and since since that red card, um, and then coming back into the side, Bahambul is definitely looking uh, pretty damn tasty. Uh, again, though, I would rather see Wee Brucey. Uh, I'd rather see our number nine um, in the starting lineup personally, um, but. It's again. I think I've mentioned this before. It's a great thing to have. It's a great um, dilemma to have when you have so many good players all in the same side at the same time that can uh, that can keep other really good players out outside. So, um, so I think I think certainly for the next couple of weeks or next couple of games after the international break, I think we'll be seeing uh, seeing more of those three. Yeah, Povey. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm happy with those three for sure. Uh, in terms of your Nubli point, like he he was un- unbelievable again uh, against Kamarnik, man. Like he he really causes a lot. I love him down the wing more than a yeah. more than up that top position for sure. Uh, for me against St Mirren, I would start those three. Uh, with obviously, if Anderson's up uh, uh, up to fitness wise, then. Uh, He's he's number one sub uh, for um, Guthrie up top. Uh, those t- they just cause absolutely amazing mayhem down those wings, and I just think actually the midfield like uh, Omiyunga. I know I was talking about him earlier, but he he works really well with Bambula. I think Nicky Devlin works really well. There was a couple of times Devlin just no, honestly, man. There was a couple of times. I wanted more though. That, Oh, I more. Would, how like he's he absolutely bolting from right back, and then before you know it, he's right in right in the wing. Like I think that's going to work. Bear in mind, they've only played like three games together. If that two and a half games, Bambula and uh, Devlin right back, I think that could be an absolute force. Uh, Montano and Nubli work so well together. It's like again, they're just get they just get each other. And Montano's got that thing where he just bolts when he's on the ball, he'll bolt down the wing. Nubli's so good at holding it up, uh, and uh, yeah, and obviously on his with his feet, it's just unbelievable. Creates so many chances. That's your starting lineup. Those three up top, for sure. By the way, it is some run run of fixtures we've got from after our international break. We're pretty much all the way to the World Cup when that starts, um, and quite a lot of fixtures. Quite a lot of big games. I don't know if they're going to try slotting the Celtic uh, game that got postponed uh, as well, if that's going to get thrown in before the World Cup. But it's a, it's a heavy October 
and some big games. We've already got Rangers and Celtic in October as well. So, yeah, it's quite quite a lot of big games. We're going to need everyone uh, to chip in at some point. And my last question, we don't know if, if we can't if we finish it, I'll just cut it. But I'm just going to say that St Mirren is next um, up for us. Uh, big result against Celtic. Do you think that makes us feel any less confident about a victory? Or do you still see us going to Paisley and, and doing the business? I can still see us going to Paisley and doing some business. Um, a draw would be a great result for us. <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, which is... Uh, yeah, a draw would be a great result for us at um, St Mirren because St Mirren away for, for Livingston has either been we either win comfortably or we get defeated comfortably. <laughs> it seems to be in the in the last few seasons. Um, St Mirren have been a kind of bit up and down. It now looks as though they are now starting to kind of come together under Stephen Robinson. But, you know, it'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting game. Wouldn't be surprised if we lost. But also on, this, on the other side, it wouldn't be a surprise if we win. So, um... I'm hoping to take at least a draw from St Mirren and then uh, and then see where we are after that. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll be honest. I think we're going to win it. I've got I've got a really good feeling about it. Obviously, we'll see what happens uh, near the game. You never know what what injuries might crop up or whatever. But if we start with, I think Guthrie will bully Gallagher. To be honest, uh, and that'll be a good fight. You know, uh, I think it will be, but. I honestly think Guthrie will get the bottom of them. Uh, and I, I think they won't be able to handle the noob. And I think Bambula, if they've not done their homework on him, I really do think we're going to trouble their defence a lot. And you know what? Couldn't it come a better time than beating Celtic as well? Like, it's good time to burst their bubble. There's no way they'll keep that level of consistency. We've been consistent this season. We've been fucked over by uh, red cards or fucked herself over in Aberdeen case. Um uh, honestly, like we could have we could have got a result against Rangers that first game. It was almost unlucky that we had them first game because um when they played in a European game. I don't know. Anyway, so I think we've been pretty consistent this season is my point. And the way we were looking is excellent. We've we beat a lot of the big boys like Right, so, oh yeah, blah, 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 they beat Celtic. Oh my God, that's so good. Well, we beat Hearts and Hubs. Get it right up, yes. We're going to pump them. You have to, have to bear in mind that we do have the international break in between as well. So they might have just beaten Celtic, but they're still needing to wait like us for another two weeks. So everything kind of resets after international breaks for me. So, Let's go. Um, yes, reset. Let's go. <laughs> So Sunday saw the ladies win 3-1 over Hutchie Vales. Hutchie Vales? Hutchie Vale, singular. There's only one veil. Uh, with goals from Ashley Fish, Gemma Mason and Shannon Mulligan. Boys, we watched the highlights because through Blair's amazing footage, Thomas was at the game, but he is in Lincolnshire getting pissed, apparently. He did pop on a minute ago, but he uh, went away back to the pub. Boys, three cracking goals. Like, really... I think at any level you would say you, they were absolute screamers. First one, I think Ashley Fish just doing well, just doing what Ashley Fish does, eh? <laughs> like every time a proper striker's goal. Um, I mean, 
very, very difficult. The other the defender came out really kind of pressured it. Did she chip the keeper? Kind of just kind of goes through, like kind of through the keeper. It's not kind of quite a chip as such. Um, but uh, but I think it's kind of like a touch. Some of her running as well, like from from the highlights, just some of the runs like in behind that she was making were just incredible. Um, yep. and has uh, has quite a decent finish. I mean, I mean, yeah, it was it was a very very decent finish. But uh, I mean, it's it's like the three goals that we scored. Um, just each finish got better and better and better. Like every goal, like it yeah. stepped up from wow, that's a really good goal, and then and then it. and then like Gemma's just like here, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> so she actually literally hold my beer to actually think. And then Shannon's like, "Fuck you, hold my beer." I uh, know. <laughs> Shannon just tanned the beers and fucking yeah. it, like. <laughs> yeah, shotgun both of them. Yeah, I know. Uh, I thought Fish was unlucky as well just before her goal that, uh, that wee chance as well she almost made the keeper so uh, yeah. chances galore again it was I I loved it that the players got the like the goal angle for the camera as well especially uh, when it, like smashes uh, that top left because proper was could not get it in the corner anymore so that was brilliant I from um, Thomas's feedback actually he did say that. The, the injury kind of forced them to, into a new shape, which is a bit more central focus of what they've been doing before, which apparently worked quite well, uh, which is good to kind of go into the middle and probably should have scored a few more chances, which I guess, again, is not to sound negative, is something that we have been speaking about with the women maybe for the last season and a bit. They do make a lot of chances that sometimes they don't work. Obviously, Hutchie scored one back. Which was at two one to make go two one. You never know another day that could have gone. Um, so obviously, kind of important to put away. But then obviously they finished with the third, which was great. Um, next up for the ladies is an away trip to Inverness, uh, which I think will be actually really tough with actually a depleted squad. Um, so all the best, ladies. I'm sure you'll absolutely smash it. Try and uh, <laughs> who's who's going to score the screamer next week? Who knows? See the Hutchie Vale goal, by the way. Also, an absolute beauty. Uh, that was a yeah. If I scored yeah. them, I'd be fucking kegs around the ankles and <clears throat> running around the corner flag. <laughs> Every I'd, single I'd, one of them. To be honest, if, I, if I scored good. any goal, uh, I'd probably... <laughs> if I end up <laughs> playing like, professionally for a football club and I ended up scoring any goal, I think I would have my kegs at my ankles. That's it. Yeah! I heard, that's what, uh, well, so. I heard that's what Stefano Mionga does. <laughs> Is it? Maybe that's why he doesn't want to score. He doesn't want to nervous. score because he's promised that he's going to pull his kicks down <laughs> on the halfway line. <laughs> oh, I missed again. <laughs> okay, it's time for Whoa, it's international love. Trademark Povey. Povey, was that all right? Well, trademark Pitbull, he's the one who wrote it. Like, but he probably didn't even write it. He just like, <laughs> but yeah, you nailed it. Thanks, man. So this is where myself and the boys pick our favourite international player to discuss, seeing as it is International Week. So we normally would give you a big list of all the international players, but we want to keep this going another week. So we've picked our favourite three um, to discuss. And there's actually, we were quite, we were pissing ourselves with thinking about all the people that we went through and have got weird caps. But Povey, I'll start with you. Who is going to be your international player that you're going to bring to the table? 
Aye, so just a wee reminder that international love, it's a, a player or former player uh, who played with their international team at some point. Doesn't have to be with yep. um, when they were with us because that obviously limits it big time. Uh, I'm going to go for my favourite player of all time, Mr. Marvin Andrews. Uh, got me obsessed with the Caribbean uh, islands of Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, I used to, I used to always want to go. I'm pretty sure I will at some point in my life go to Trinidad uh, and um, see the whole, the whole. Um, their whole carnivals and everything is something that I want to do. But I was obsessed when I was a, a when I was a, a teenager about uh, Trinidad and Tobago through Marvin Andrews because I was obsessed with him. Um, he uh, he played with some squad actually the Trinidad team. He uh, obviously played with the likes of Dwight York as you know, but also a heap of players that went to Scotland uh, like. Kelvin Jack, Russell Latape, a big one, obviously, uh, and and he played with a few Scottish teams, obviously Latape, uh, and um, Jason Scotland, of course, Jay, who made a name for himself as well. And do you remember that? Do you remember the Jason Scotland song? So come on, Scotland. Scotland, Scotland, oh, oh. <laughs> it's in Scotland. I once and no one knew then. Is it the Tartan <laughs> Army and on, on the go with Trinidad and Tobago? <laughs> that's the one, the very one. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, amazing. Ah, that's the one. So, like, obviously, ah, uh, that was the year actually that they they played uh, against England. Now, I think Marvin Andrews was actually he was called up for the team, but never played a game. He was with Rangers at the time, but he never actually played. Uh, I believe he never actually played. Uh, they got a draw against Sweden, but I think they, they did all right. Like I think they only lost two 0 against England. I can't remember the other team in the group, but they. Uh, I know they they got a point against Sweden. Um, but yeah, obviously he was he's a legend uh, on so many levels. We've talked about him so many times. But the Trinidad thing, it's quite amazing that Scotland and Trinidad had this sort of relationship at that time in the in the two thousands. Uh and that, I mean that is a heap of their best players that actually uh came over to Scotland. I wonder if it was Latape that sort of started that. Uh, it would make sense. He was the one who, who came over first. Um and yeah, I mean, what what a team like Shaka Hislop, obviously their goalkeeper. Uh, oh, here's another one, Brent Sancho. He was in with Dundee, remember? Brent Sancho uh, obviously gave away the amazing penalty for us, Derek Lilly. Yes. Colin Samuel, there's another one, Colin Samuel. Uh, went with Dundee United, Falkirk as well. Uh, but they had some players, Stern, Stern Join, uh, the Jones boy up front for Southampton. I mean that's a good good team, obviously with Dwight York there as well. Uh, so Marvin Andrews, Levy legend, would obviously don't need to talk about him in the sense of what he did for Levy, but he, he played a hundred games for Trinidad. You know that is some going, uh, some career he had with the what's their nicknames again, the Soccer Warriors. Um, 
uh, and and I'd like say he's inspired me to visit the country one day and uh, go to a, a carnival and yeah, just love him and love Trinidad and Tobago. That's class. And your research on Trinidad and Tobago is very good. It's funny hearing about all those players' names. Mate, that I thought about. I uh, I did a I did a fucking like talk about it in like some in school and shit like that. My favorite player is Marvin Andrews, and he is from Trinidad and Tobago. And then I'd fucking <laughs> mate. Honestly, I wish it was that wee lad talking on the podcast right now because he'd be talking all <laughs> right on it. Yeah, absolutely. And I would have my wee PowerPoint pres- as if we did PowerPoints when I was at school. But yeah, I would have uh, <laughs> the whiteboard. Uh, exactly. Uh, my wee cut cut cutouts to the uh, like all the magazines and shit like that. Yeah. Back to you, Owen. Uh, let me have your international player of choice, please. My international player of choice started his career at Livingston. Uh, didn't get off to a very good start. Kind of fell out a little bit with our manager at the time. Was sent out on loan to Stirling Albion. That might give away who my player is. Uh, and then he came back and was an absolute fucking baller for us. Uh, it's a certain Robert Snodgrass. Um, I think he would probably be my favourite um, favourite player that's played for Livingston and played for Scotland uh, as well. Because uh, you knew when Snoddy was on the ball that something was about to happen. Um, so he ended up playing for Scotland twenty only 28 times. That's like, I mean, when you think of international football, you think they play like absolute hunters. But like it's so rare nowadays for anyone to get anywhere near even like 50 caps for the international team. But uh Scored uh, seven times after playing 28 games. Uh, he was first called up in 2007 by George Burley, so he would have been doing at Norwich at the time. Uh, Norwich or Leeds at the time. and uh, But then he had to pull out due to a back injury. Eventually got his debut in 2009 in a Nations Cup game against Northern Iron. Um, and then scored his first goal against Denmark in a 2-1 win. At Hamden, so you know if you're gonna score your first goal for Scotland, better to do it at Hamden in a win because I think especially at that time it was very rare for us to actually fucking win a game, regardless of where it was. Um, probably most memorable game for Scotland was against Malta, where he battered in a hattie. Um, ended up being like one of his last goals for Scotland. He only scored one goal. For Scotland after that. Um, and then, of course, retired from international football after we failed yet again to qualify for another <laughs> another international tournament. So he retired from international football technically in 2019, but I don't think he really got a shout in after uh, kind of failing to... Um, after we failed to qualify for the World Cup 2018. So, um, so yeah, so Robert Snodgrass... I think uh, I think he's worth a shout for international love. I'm going for Guillermo Amor Martinez, a guy who, again, was right at Livingston right at the end of his career, I guess, didn't do that well. Livingston, I'd say, he was right at the end of the career. But his career, unbelievable. First of all, born in Benidorm, which means he could obviously, he's a shagger on the sauce, first thing. So, going through his career, it started in 1984, so he was fucking definitely on his way out. He only actually had three appearances for Livingston, <laughs> which is quite funny. But he had uh, 311 
appearances for Barcelona A's and 47 goals. That's like, that's absolutely ridiculous. And then he went to Fiorentina and then Villarreal as well, which is unbelievable. And why it says international. So from the years of 1990, he had 37 appearances and four goals for Spain, which when we're talking about it, I actually didn't even realise. I thought he maybe have played like once or twice, but you know, a good, a proper good stint. So, I mean, arguably Livingston's most highbrow player that's ever been at the club, even though he was a bit meh, but how, how the, do we know how that came about? Have we ever spoken about that? Surely we have. How the fuck did we get, how did he come to Livingston? That's so weird. Parliament Merriman's taught the, Talked quite a bit about it. He did, aye, yeah. Because Alan Preston not talk about it. Alan, Alan Preston talked about it in depth, actually. Yeah. Uh, ah. Have a and always go back to listen back to that episode because uh, he kind of yeah. answers that question there. Yeah. Okay, yep. Um, all about mad. To be fair, unreal. What a what a what a, like what a scoop getting him, but like, who knows why it just never worked out. Because Livingston are fucking shambles in that era. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was getting towards the scuddy era. Exactly. Anyway, so three choices so far. We'll probably bring this back up again because uh, we've got plenty of other choices and obviously Tam and Liam have not got their opinion yet. So, Guillermo Moore, Moore, Marvin Andrews and Robert Snodgrass. Thanks very much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please check out our previous episodes that include interviews with Livingston legends such as David Fernandez, Barry Wilson, John Guthrie, Sean Byrne and many more. Check out our social media. Twitter and Instagram is at AlmaViewPod. Facebook and YouTube just search for Podcast, And make sure to subscribe to wherever you, get, wherever you stream your podcast to notify about when we drop new content. Forza Livy, hope to see you all next week.